You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is I Will Make You a Millionaire, another episode helping someone reach their goal of making millions. Today, it's all about James Condell. He yes. just came back from the expo. Yeah. So when we talked last, we kind of went into the different project I was working on. And one was the Amazon business. And I talked about the opportunity that was coming up later that month in Philadelphia for the largest natural health conference that's gone on for like a year or almost two years. And James, I want to stop you for a second. I just want to summarize. Like We, we went down a, a bunch of different paths. We had lots of ideas. So, so there's lots of, there's a couple of wheels like Christian thought. And of course, your expertise as an Amazon seller ninja. You help brands set up their stores on Amazon, particularly smaller companies. You help them set up their stores on Amazon, which is, which is Jay and I found out when we tried to sell my merchandise, very hard to do often. And, you know, we needed, we could have used someone like you to help us back then. Initially, you didn't really seem to like the Amazon seller business, but I think we, weaved our way through that to figure out a way you would enjoy it. And I do think what you're doing or going down this path, whether it's as an agency or building a product business around this or whatever, is the fastest way for you to make a million dollars, which is A, think about it in terms of agency, but along the way, we'll see what other spokes arise, like maybe software product that, that automates part of the process or doing your own Amazon seller store or whatever. But for now, it's profitable once you build an agency with enough uh, long-term recurring maintenance clients, you can easily sell that and you own 100% of your business. So it's all good. Yeah. And the parts that I didn't necessarily love about the business are parts that we kind of determined if I brought in people to help me, they could do those parts. But the natural health conference by New Hope Media was in Philadelphia at the end of last month. And right after we talked that same day, I booked plane tickets and hotel and signed up for the conference. And it was a big investment, an investment I haven't made in this business before. And then in preparation for that, came up with the company name, came up with the brand story, came up with mission, came up with the services, came up with everything in, in anticipation of going to that event. And it sort of being the launch of my Amazon agency as a professional versus just kind of doing it on the side. So, right. And I, and you sent me this document um, earlier today, your, the name of your company is Craven Street Marketing. How did you choose the word Craven? 
Well, there's actually a street down in South Carolina. It's one of the, uh, it's a very historic street. Some of the homes on there from the early 1700s and it's Craven Street. And it's, it's often voted one of the most beautiful streets in the South. Okay, good. And then you sent me a document that says who we are, what we do, why right now? So, okay, the who we are, the what you do is, you know, it's, a, it's you help natural product brands tell their story on Amazon, discover and engage first-time customers and sell more products. That's fine. I feel like um, what I really want to know, so, so you, you wrote who we are, what we do, why now? So the why now is um, the, the important part right now for a second. So you say Amazon is, is the leading search engine for online shopping. 89% of buyers report they are more likely to buy on Amazon than other e-commerce sites. I think it's important there is to know that something like 89% or 70% of buyers report they would rather buy on Amazon than the company, than the company's actual site, even if the company's products are cheaper than what they yeah, sell on Amazon. That's exactly what that survey from Feedvisor said. Like they want to buy from Amazon, even if it's available on the brand's website. Yeah, I would even say that. I don't think you say that exact thing. Okay. That's actually... That convinces me. I don't even need a website. I just need an, I need an Amazon seller site. Yeah. You know, the downside for uh, companies is they don't own the customer then, but there's ways to do the sale where you can get the customer, you know, to sign up for an email list that has offers and so on if they like your products. Okay, why right now? In the first quarter of 2021, more than 283,000 new sellers signed up to sell on Amazon. Competition on Amazon is heating up and you want to get in, so you're 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 in the game at least. Exactly. I think also a little bit more important is why right now? Well, during the pandemic, Amazon basically dominated e-commerce, right? Yeah. Everybody changed their habits during the pandemic. You weren't allowed to go outside. So people stopped shopping in stores and they started shopping on Amazon. Like I would be interested to know how many new people signed up to Amazon during the economic lockdowns. And a good percentage of those are permanently new customers on Amazon. So that's where your customers are. And it's only right now that all of your customers just move there. Like a big problem for cities, and I'll take New York City as an example. And this is a, a, a conversation I had with several of the mayoral and comptroller candidates in the last election in New York City. The, the, what's called the velocity of money in New York City is has gone way down. So the velocity of money means if, if I spend a dollar on a coffee in the city, the coffee person will spend a dollar in the flower shop, the flower shop will buy a newspaper. The dollar circulates in New York City, so the velocity number is higher. But what happens is, is net, during the pandemic, the velocity went to zero in all the cities because, and it just and everywhere else, it went. If you get paid a dollar, it goes straight to Seattle because you bought an Amazon now. So, so you know, Amazon just like scooped up all our money and all the money of cities during this lockdown. And so that's the why now, really, is that that's where the money is. That's where your customers are. Companies are are starving because they're not making use of Amazon. So I would be a little bit more urgent. Yeah. And the stat on that is uh, 50 million new people joined Prime during 2020. Oh, my gosh. Why isn't that on the why right now? Yeah. Well, I just looked it up because you were you were suggesting it. But they it's it's over 142 million members now. Wow. I mean, if, if I wanted to sell like makeup, I wouldn't go to like a men's retreat, for instance. I would go to where women are. <laughs> so all the customers are on Amazon. Yeah. 50 million new people that you got to be kidding me. That's like the world. <laughs> but by the way, I think this is great that you went to the conference. I want to hear more about that. It's, and, and you said it was a big investment. 
it is well worth the investment to always go where the customers are. You have, it's not like you're making stuff up here. It's not like you have a product that you don't know if you could sell or not. There is demand for people to set up Amazon stores. You know it because you have testimonials as well. You have customers, you have testimonials, you have an ongoing business, you've been doing this. Maybe you didn't formalize it as a business, but that's okay. You built you built the expertise and you know there's it's not like you have to find demand. You're going to a, the conference where there's actual demand for yeah, your there services. Was, there was about 750 natural product brands at this conference. And their goal there is primarily to get into retailers. So there's people from Kroger walking around, from Whole Foods, from Walmart, from all the small mom and pop health food grocery stores. But these brands that were at this conference are brands I use every single day because I'm a I'm a health and wellness person and that's important to my family. And so I found at this conference, it was overwhelming. First of all, when I first walked in the door, there's 750 booths with people giving away free products and it was exciting and it was this huge trade show and it was wall to wall colors and, 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 and screens and excitement. And everyone had their salespeople standing in front of their booths, trying to get you to try their coffee or their newest protein bar or whatever product it is that they had. And by the way, I did uh, run into Bill Glazer there with uh, his uh, pork rind snacks. So I finally Oh, yeah, did, he sent me a message. With I you, did uh, yeah. end up meeting him again. Shout out to our first uh, conversation we ever had yeah. on the show. But I the first like four hours there was just sea of chaos. I didn't know what I was doing. So left the conference, kind of came up with a new strategy. And it was, it was like, I'm going to go and talk to every single person here and then talk to them and get to know them and tell them what I do. That wasn't going to work. What instead worked was I'm just going to walk around here and see who I have a genuine connection with that maybe mm -hmm. I use their products or they're not busy at their tent and we strike up a conversation and then I just got to know them. I didn't tell them I was selling anything. I actually started leading that I actually have a natural health and wellness podcast called the James Quandall Show. And then I'm looking for people to bring on to the show to talk about their brands. You're and, kidding. That's a great, that's a great entry. And I said, I've got my business card here. I'm recording live at this conference. And you just go to this website on my card and we can schedule an interview. And I'd love to get you some publicity. Did you follow up with them though? Like, yeah, out of like 20 or 30 of those, only one did it. So what worked better was actually following up later and because they were chaotic at the event. But I'm finding now that I'm following up and since I planted the seed, I'm getting people to come on to my show now from the conference and doing it virtually. And so that was my way to kind of have a conversation and to, and to be different. And once I got to know them better, if I thought it was a good fit, then I could, they'd be like, well, what is it you really like do? Like they, they're like, so what is it you do? I'm like, well, like you, you don't just have a podcast. I'm like, well, actually, um, what I do is help brands, natural product brands sell more on Amazon. And I just love these products. So I have a podcast where I just talk about it and they're like, oh, that's really neat. So from that, from going around and just making these genuine connections, we now have nine really good leads of people that we're talking with to help them with their Amazon. Not all of them are going to pan out right now. And some of them won't pan out for a while, but that's kind of what happened. Okay. Let's unpack that a little bit. One is it, to get a customer, it usually takes, and by the way, even to get a good podcast guest, it usually takes four to six touch points. Sometimes it takes one, sometimes it takes 10, you know, that's an average. And it doesn't say anything one way or the other. If it took 10 for one, it doesn't mean they're necessarily harder to get than the person who took one. It's just, you know, Different things have to align. 
but it usually takes more than one touch point. And, and that's a, a, the great example is you giving your business card to somebody is almost like a half of a touch point because then they have to do work to contact you again. They have to fill out a form. You gave them homework to do. Yeah. And they got 500 cards. So they'll forget what, who I was anyway. <laughs> right. So, so by the way, the one in 20, that's even a good number, but I, I would say that's a, a, that's probably about right. That one in 20 would, would respond. Um, but with a few more touch points, it should be like, let's say six to six out of 20, you got nine out of, out of 20, maybe. And, and that's great. So that's a great number. You should continue to follow with people who are at the conference. So that's really exciting. So did you feel good about the conference? I loved it. After I came back with a game plan for the second half of day one, it was a three-day event. I felt fantastic because I just made it fun. And I just was myself and went and kind of geeked out on products that I love and was like, oh, this is the coconut oil I use in my house. It's so cool. Like, I love your stuff. And the lady's like, oh, well, we have a new one coming out that's like this. I can send a package of it to your house. I'm like, oh, that'd be so great. And I'm like, by the way, like, I've looked, we order your products on Amazon. I'm actually a subscriber. You could do a lot better on there and actually reach even more people. She's like, oh, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I'll tell you what, like, I'll record a video of what you could do and send it over. And she's like, well, why would, like, why would you do that? I go, because I love your product and I just love helping people to, 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 with that have good products. And she's like, that is so great. And so like, that was kind of how those connections were in the second half. How many videos did you do all together when you got home? I haven't done any yet. Okay, well, that's that's the next step. But let me ask you a question. Let's let's unpack a little bit more. So I got your document. So after you came home, you were excited. You were going to get potential clients. Now you have nine potential leads for clients, which is great. And I think we even, well, we'll talk about numbers in a second. But you, you got excited. You named your company. And you wrote this document, who we are, what we do, why right now. But what you forgot is, why am I? So why are you the choice why should anybody pick you over someone else or or over their nephew who says they could do it at the thanksgiving table oh don't hire that guy i'll do it for you for free why you yeah and that's really important like when you say what we do there's an opportunity to answer the question why us but i feel like and by the way this is a great document like it's good but i feel like this is a little this this what we do is a little too straightforward Everyone that you're competing with says the exact same thing. James Altucher, Amazon Media Group, helps natural product brands tell their story on Amazon, discover and engage first-time customers and sell more products. We have a long-term strategic vision, blah, 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 blah. Why you? Well, you just started telling me you only work with products that you personally use and are excited about. Yeah. Before you even do one second of work, you send a video describing all the ways they can improve their store if they already have one and you don't even charge, they could keep that for free even if they never talk to you again. Yeah. You're a specialist in a particular domain. There's probably evidence somewhere that that does better than a generalist in, you know, creating Amazon sellers. So you know, the cust you know, the customers, all your clients are in this domain. So you know how to reach the customer base. And I would, you have testimonials, but I would even document success. Like all of your customers notice a 20% increase in sales or whatever you could document and do. Yeah. And even like we were just talking about the why now, what I read was really good. Okay. But I still didn't get the feeling of urgency. Like you have to be able to express in your elevator pitch, you know, in a few seconds, basically why, if you don't do this, you have a chance of going out of business. Now you don't tell people that, but that's the impression you have to leave them with. Like 50 million new people have changed their habit and are now buying all of their natural products on Amazon. 
and I built the stores of many of these companies in this space, you're not doing what you need to be doing for these 50 million new people, for, for the entire country that's now changed their habit or buying on Amazon. So I love your product. I would hate for you not to have your, put your best foot forward on the one place where people are buying. That's yeah. urgent. So, so the why me and the why right now are really important. Yeah, and, and you great. did a good job with what you wrote. You can make a website. You could fill out all the basics of a business. But the basics of a business is not a great business. It's a basic business. Yeah, and I don't want. I, I have a basic business now. I want to have a a great business. Right, and and like it's good that now you have like a fire under you. You've given yourself permission to to do the things that were out of your comfort zone, which was namely one, which was uh, delegating. Very important, even if it costs money. And you only delegate when you really need to and want to, but it sounds like you were at that point. Anyway, number two, going to this conference, even though it was a little bit of an investment, you know, if it cost you, let's say $3,000 to stay at the conference uh, for, you know, fly there, it probably cost you a little less, but um, whatever it costs, if you just get one client out of it, that makes up the $3,000. That's what I realized when originally it was like, all right, what's the goal for this conference? I think on the last show we were talking about like, oh, well, let's get, you didn't want me to set a specific goal, but you're like, let's try to get 20 clients for the business. I'm like, all right, let's find 10 people or something like that. And then I realized halfway through that first day, if I just got one person from this, it would more than pay for this conference in one month. And that took yeah. a lot of pressure off. It just made it so I could just have fun and be myself and just talk with, with people there. And, right. and, <laughs> and, and you have a sense that you're going to get, if I go, if I go to a conference and I have a business like yours and I go to a conference for businesses like your, like your customers, you know, if you talk to 20 people, you're probably gonna get at least one client. That's a good ratio, 20 to one. And if you have nine potential leads now, you, you're, you're, you're safe. You're done. Now, if you spent that $3,000 on a billboard, that's a little more speculative. You don't know if you're going to get any clients out of that. Like they're just driving by, they see the phone number, they're not going to remember. So this was $3,000 well spent, very targeted marketing for an agency business, particularly when it's beginning is, is, is ideal. Later on, you can do more like, oh, buy a, a sign in an airport or uh, the back of a taxi cab or whatever. But what you did was, was perfect. And so there's another, this was called Expo East and there's an Expo West that's twice the size of this one. And so now this was like a dry run for that. And that's in March. And so going to be going to that as well. And now I have a completely different playbook of what to do at the event. And actually I was talking to this gentleman from a Haitian organic uh, coffee company. He said, sometimes it takes three or four or five conferences or three or four or five years of him seeing a buyer at a conference of them trying his coffee and saying they like it and taking his card and saying they'll be in touch before that Whole Foods or Kroger buyer finally pulls the trigger and brings them in. So it's just about being there and being present. Yeah. A, that's the six touch points, right? When he says four or five, he probably means six to 10 because he has to call them back and he has to meet them and do the deal and so on. Like four or five to just get them interested enough to say, okay, let's order. But then he has even more meetings to kind of seal the deal. But what's the statistics about DTC, direct to consumer now versus Kroger's? Kroger's or I'm using Kroger's generically. It could be Walmart, it could be Target, it could be Whole Foods. They, those have very, they do harsh deals, particularly with beginning customers. The, the margins are very slim for the customers, but, but, but products often think, oh, I got, 
Kroger's, I'm going to start selling, you know, worldwide and make a ton of money. Direct to consumer is the most profitable and that's the Amazon seller store. So if they want to make a profit while they're busy, you know, taking all the time to sell their Kroger's, they still need to make money. And Amazon seller, you want to build the brand in Kroger's so that everybody switches to buying from you on Amazon because you make more margins there. Exactly. And that's what happens. That's how I shop. If I'm at Kroger and I see this peanut butter on the shelf and I absolutely love it, I don't go back to Kroger to buy it next time. I just buy it on Amazon. You met, you met, um, you know, Bill Glazer at, uh, at this thing and we, and we've talked to him before and he, he's a great guy. He's a really great guy. Great CEO. By the way, we're talking about the CEO of Outstanding Foods. He's been on the podcast and also by coincidence, James Quandell on the first podcast James and I did together. I had you talk to Bill. <laughs> Yeah, that was and, my, my second podcast interview ever with with, yeah. with a guest. <laughs> and you just ran into him in person. I haven't seen him in person in two years. And um, I mean, Outstanding Foods, they're expanding to, you know, all these different stores, all the outlets you mentioned. They're they're in thousands and thousands of stores. And that they just started a couple of years ago. But I can't, I don't really find it here, but I just remember thinking their direct-to-consumer sales are just through the roof. So I would get I would get some statistics about DTC sales and margins versus, and, and particularly margins on, on Amazon versus margins when they're at Kroger's or Whole Foods or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's another part of your why now. Yeah. And I would really think about the why you. That's really important. Again, it's the difference between the basics and greatness. Is who are you? Why are you? Why now? Those three questions, whether you're writing a book, a screenplay, or in some sport, or you're a comedian, what's your personal voice, for instance, or you're doing a, a company? Yeah. Those are the questions, not only for your marketing materials, but that builds in your mind a vision. And your customers will buy into that vision as opposed to hiring the generic company. We build Amazon stores, hire us because we're cheaper. Like you want to build a vision that people live for. And it's so much easier for me to determine who's a good fit as a client when I have this document. I know who's a good fit versus everyone that reaches out and it just might not be a good fit for my skills and my passions. When you put it that way, it's even stronger because, and I don't know how you express this literally, but if you're kind of deciding whether to take them as a customer, that puts you in a much better situation. Well, that's actually how it how it's been through this podcast and other ways. I get a lot of people that reach out that have other products that aren't natural products or they're just not products I don't believe in. And like, would you consider that? I'm like, well, you know, I, I really only do this. Like, this is what I love to do. This is why I love to do that. And so, no, I won't. But here's maybe someone that can help you that works with that. I, I love that. And when you recommend someone else, do you know them personally when you recommend the other company? De depends on the type of work that needs to be done. And sometimes I actually even say that they shouldn't go on Amazon. It's just not the time for them to go on Amazon yet. Well, when you refer them to another business, what I would do first is I would call the um, salesperson, the head of sales at the other business, whether it's a large agency or a small agency. And you should say, listen, I have a small agency. A potential customer of mine has contacted me. He's not a right fit for my company, but I like the work you guys do. Would you be interested in talking to them? do permission networking and then you make the introduction. Don't just refer them to the other company, get permission from both sides and then you make the introduction. I love Why that. Why do you do this? Yeah. And the reason is, by the way, this might not make you more money or less money because you're just sending them, you're still just sending them 
to the other company and you have to do a little bit of more work here, but you're building your network. When you're bigger and when that head of sales now is the head of sales at Omnicom or some big ad agency and they needed a, co a company that, that was honest and good and helped them out at one point and is in the Amazon seller business, they might call you. Exactly. Yeah. So you're building a network. So this is the Google technique. So Google, Google's entire business is to refer people to other websites. Okay. They oh, Google literally says, don't use our website. You're interested in motorcycles. Don't use our website. Here are 10 motorcycle websites that you should go to. So, and, and, and by the way, the first three paid us to say that. <laughs> That's why Google's the biggest business in the world. Become a personal Google and you might not be worth a trillion dollars like Google, but using the same habits as Google, and yes, a business has habits, makes you a microscopic Google in a way. Become the source and everything goes back to you eventually. The customers eventually come back to you. The bigger companies come back to you. I sold my first company because I was always referring to people to other businesses. And I won customers by saying, look, you could use us or even better use these other guys. By the way, they would then beg to be customers of mine. <laughs> so, you know, that's incredibly important. And I'll, I'll stress again, though, the why me is because you only take customers that you use and enjoy and it fits your criteria of someone who you believe should have a big presence on Amazon. You don't take every customer. You, you, you have, and this is how your customers will know that you're not just, they're not just an, uh, 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 an item on the balance sheet for you, that you have a personal interest in them. When you do the why me correctly, it answers a lot of questions that the customer might have, like, who the hell are you? And am I just going to be a line item for you? And when you get really big and too busy, are you still going to return our phone calls or am I going to be delegated to some you know, assistant, to an assistant, to an assistant? So all of this why me helps the customers answer their basic questions. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's what I'm naturally doing anyway. So I just have to put it to words. And the connection at the expo with the brands that I use, actually, like one of the ones that I met, their products right here next to me. And I'm like, I'm like, I, this is what we use in our house. I'm so excited that you guys are here. And he's like, oh, try this sample of this new product that we have. I'm like, oh, I can't believe that you have this. And they're like, here, take this whole bag of them. Like, oh, we're flying home. He's like, oh, I'll just send them to you when you get back. And so like, there's so much more there versus me just going around. And, and it's how I like to do business with people I actually want to spend time with and, and, and be around. So let's just qu quickly, I, I noticed you put in this document, um, the six U's, which is an article I once wrote, and it's kind of um, helps you define your, your marketing message. And I've talked about it in this podcast before and in other, with other people on the podcast. Um, it's kind of a copywriting technique, but it's helpful to answer these questions for your business so that you can ask, answer them for customers. So we talked about the urgency already. That's, that's the first U. Uh, why is your solution unique? Well, we talked about that a little because you you love their products. Most ad agencies don't necessarily love the products. I, uh, when I had an agency, this was in the 90s, I was pitching uh, the US post office for a massive rehauling of their entire website. Like That would have been a major, major win. We were right at the edge of the deadline to get our pitch done. And the project manager FedExed the pitch. Oh, no. To the post office. So they called us up and just, they called me up and just laughed and said, sorry, you're, you're out. We didn't show a respect for the product. 
So that's what's unique to you is that you're going to be very consistently respectful of the product because you're only picking them because you love the product. Maybe there's other unique things like, do you have any other technical abilities or knowledge that you feel your competitors don't have? I've worked in retail for almost 20 years. So I, I had one-on-one conversations as a salesperson and a sales manager with thousands and thousands of customers. So I actually know what's in their head and what they're actually asking. And I just feel like sometimes, which is why I've kind of talked about the story and customers and families and communities a lot in all of this. It's so easy when you're on a computer making an e-commerce website or an Amazon page to just like forget about the person that's actually shopping for your items where in retail, you can't do that. You physically can't. You have to know the people or they'll just go somewhere else. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting... And, and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. So let me ask you this. Like, what's a common mistake that someone makes when they set up their Amazon seller store? A common mistake is not including any personality of the brand on the page. They don't have any pictures of their products being used. They don't show any people that are using the product, so the shoppers can't see themselves using that product. They tried to use SEO, which is search engine optimization, to show up higher in the rankings and make it so a human can't read it. And they can't understand what the benefits are because they're just filling it with keywords and advantages. Okay, so that's so. So by the way, that's two. My 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 guess is the number three is they don't have a professional phot- photographer taking pictures of their products is a potential mistake, um, and on and on. So I think what would be a good exercise is make an idea list: ten mistakes, ten co- ten of the most common mistakes Amazon sellers make or companies make when they start their Amazon seller store. Okay. And you know that's that's a report you could just give out for free. 
to, to potential customers. Yeah. Or that's something you can include in your video, or that's a checklist you can talk that makes it easier for you to produce your videos because you could look at a, a, an Amazon seller site and you could show the document. Here's my booklet, 10 of the most common mistakes people make on their Amazon seller store. And I went through this as like a checklist almost. Here's the things where I think you can improve and you don't need to use me. Good luck if you don't use me or, you know, you have this for free. This is just my two cents on this. And I think 10 reasons why this is urgent and 10 reasons why you're unique. Okay. And then, then let's go to the set, next you. This is the third or fourth you. Useful. What makes you more you Like the average Amazon seller agency might just be some college kid who's doing it as a, a side thing. You're a professional agency. Like you said, you put 20 years in, in retail. How are you going to be more useful to them on an ongoing basis than them just hiring their nephew to build their Amazon seller presence? Uh -huh. And maybe yeah. you won't be. Maybe actually the usefulness is the fact that your nephew is going to have to maintain it forever. We have tools to automate your maintenance or whatever. You know more of the tools that are out there that they can use. Like you've been doing this for so many years and, and there's hundreds of tools. You know the right tools for them. So maybe what your usefulness is, is that you're at, they actually don't need you more than a month and they need their nephew for three years. <laughs> so, and then the next you is ultra specific. Well, it's ultra specific because you deal only with this industry. Boom. User-friendly, it's like you said about SEO. People don't understand the importance of making the, and how to make the Amazon seller experience and buyer experience more user-friendly. And then unquestionable proof, you have the testimonials, but I even get more unquestionable proof if you can. Okay, yeah, I can do that. But some of these are, are like idealists, like 10 reasons why I'm more unique and 10 reasons why there's urgency. And, and some of them you just have to think about. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I created this document called the Amazon first impression score. And that's what I uh, am going to be using for any videos that I do. And actually, I did one for the listener of this podcast who had a product on Amazon. He said, Hey, my sales have slowed down. Like, like, do you have any ideas? I recorded a video in 10 minutes and uh, talked about everything he could be doing differently. And so I created this first impression score. My thought was, each different thing on their page would have a different point system. And depending on oh, I love where that. they were, they'd get a point. And then basically the long run would be your listings a 10 out of 50. Your competitors are on average 40 out of 50. And then yeah, that's, long that's run, genius. my idea would be you would just plug in your Amazon URL into the, my website and it would automatically spit out the information down the line once I've done a, you know 50 of them right. manually. So, so the more automated it is, the more powerful it is because it shows that it's not just your subjectivity. There's some objectivity to it, but also increasing the objectivity is showing some proof that people with a higher Amazon seller score in your, in your system, what do you call it? It's a, uh, Amazon first impression score. I love this. Like the people using this and there's evidence that when they have these features that you think make good impressions, when they score high on this, one way or the, or the other, if you could prove that people who have a higher first impression score make more money, that's a home run. Yeah. And the way I built it was looking at surveys of Amazon shoppers and what they thought was important before buying. So there is, their opinions are in here, but then I can also pull data and do my own ratings of people who are doing well in certain categories and add that to it. But for example, when, when customers rated, they said the most important thing on a listing was an infographic about a product features or use. And oh my God. so if you don't have that, then you lose on the impression score in that bucket. James, 
for 45 minutes in this conversation, this is the most unique thing you have. It's like it's an automated system that you built on proprietary data that you could tell people how to, like, it's like automated. They can use your thing for free and it specifically spits out how they can make more money. Well, you told me that an agency is more valuable if there's some type of a software that differentiates them versus their competitors. So I started working on this and then I had one more piece. They enter their email address to get the report and right in that email, there's a button where they spend $99 and I'll create a one-on-one -on -one video for their products walking through the report, actually showing them what they could do differently. And then they can hire me to just do it for them if they don't want to do it themselves. Or by the way, they don't have to hire you. That's the brilliant thing. Yeah, I <laughs> like, don't mind. If, I, they, if they figure out how to do it for my video and do it themselves, great. But if they have questions, give me a call. I'll help you, you know? <laughs> yeah, and your first call is free. Like, whatever. You're only going to make money. People think they can make money when they have to charge for every piece of their time. My time is valuable. Of course, your time is valuable. But you make the most amount of money when you invest your time in building a relationship. Your time is, valuably, is valuable, so you don't, you don't give it away. You can either get money or you can get a relationship. You usually can't get both. And so investing time to build a relationship is extremely valuable. Even if that doesn't convert into money, it does convert into something. And I can give you example after example, but you, you get it. This thing you're talking about, the first impression score, this is number one on your, what makes you unique. <laughs> so, okay. or, or, or number, number three, cause it's like your experience with the industry, your experience with their product, your experience in retail, and then this. So it's like number four, but it's extremely valuable. And you're right to a buyer. It's extremely valuable because let's say I have a thousand wellness clients and I'm a big ad agency and you're telling me you have 10 clients. So you're only 1% the size of me, but you also have this automated first impression score that I could resell to my thousand customers. Sure. I'll buy you, um, for a million bucks or 2 million bucks or whatever. And then you say, well, look, it's going to be 4 million because you're getting this product too. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's probably, I have a thousand clients and I sell it to each one of them for a thousand bucks a year. I'll make back that extra million or so. Yeah, because I could tweak this first impression score to not just be Amazon specific, but it could work on other people's e-commerce websites too. Yeah, because we're on their own websites. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. This is valuable. And then what's your next steps? Like now you have to get some solid customers. And again, it takes time. It's like, People should know it takes anywhere from three to six months to close on a client usually. What's your next steps? The next step is continuing to nourish these nine great relationships that I started at the conference and try to continue. I, I'm talking to one of them on Friday, actually, this week. The reason we had we struck a conversation up right away was this person was actually on Shark Tank. And I said, I saw you on Shark Tank and your product. He's, and I'm like, I can't remember. Like, did they did they invest in you? He's like, no, they didn't. I'm like, oh man, that's such a shame. Like your product's so cool. And then like we, we built this, this connection. But so that's sort of where I'm at now is just following up and, and continuing these conversations in just a very genuine uh, way. I love it. And you go, when's the uh, Expo West? That's in March. Okay, so, so I want to so have all this. I want to have the first, I want to have, well, I want to close, uh, I, I want to continue to, to get clients in the meantime, but really this Expo East was a dry run. I learned unbelievable amount doing this, like just being uncomfortable. I was very nervous to do this. I was very nervous to record the podcasts in person. Like, and I just did it. I was, I've been putting this off. Like when I told you about the conference, you're like, well, 
duh, you need to be there. I'm like, yeah, I know. I've just been like uh, putting it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think getting out of your comfort zone is really important because if you do what you've always done, you'll get where you always are. And uh, uh, let me ask you a question. What you should do also is include all of your prior experience with this as if it was part of your business. Because your business really started not when you incorporate, but when you start performing the service for other people. And so I would say if someone says, well, do you have any clients? Yeah, I have. I don't know how many seller stores you've done. How, how many have you done already, James? I've done 12 or 13, like ongoing okay, so maintenance I've, of them. So, so I have 13 happy customers already. And here's some, I can send you some testimonials or here are some testimonials and just include, that's all part of Craven Street uh, uh, marketing group. So it's don't, again, sometimes I incorporate a business the day before I sell it. Like it doesn't really matter the, the, when you officially call it a name, what matters is when you start, how much experience you have when you start doing the service. So that's what people are really asking. Not asking like, well, or were they legally your business customers? They're not asking that. They're asking how many customers, how many happy customers do you have? And you have an answer for that, for your business. Because now they're all, all these people are, even if their relationship is with you, now their relationship, you are your business. So the, you are, their relationship is with your business. Doesn't mean they have to formally know that yet. Give that time but assume that's all been part of your ongoing business. The other list, I'm, I'm writing down the next steps, the other list that we spoke about. The reason that I'm, I'm so keen on making the list of 10 mistakes people usually make on their seller store is because this will be like almost a checklist for you when you're talking to people. I, I, I'm writing down the, some of the next steps. So these 10 mistakes, the other list that we spoke about, about the urgency, really think more about why me and do a 10 idea list there. The first impression score I would make a logo for that. So this way you have a trademark and it's a proprietary system. And uh, think about automating that or writing about it. You know, I guess list what are the industry publications, whether it's Amazon seller or wellness or whatever. If it's for a wellness website or whatever, you could write uh, your 10 mistakes people usually make on their Amazon seller store. You could write an article about that. Actually, I made a connection at the conference because I was recording that podcast in an open space in the coffee shop in the conference hall, I uh, talked to one of the um, directors who then gave me a card and introduced me to their uh, PR people and then whom is now talking to their content people about me actually making this an ongoing podcast for them where I Perfect. interview people that are part of their industry newsletter it's like an internal podcast for this uh, conference that's ongoing. So think about what that means for your business. It's a free ad that you would have paid thousands of dollars for, but actually, you know, it's win, win, win. It's win for the content creator. It's win for you and it's win for the customers and nobody spends a dime. Yeah. And, and they, they saw me, they saw my passion for this industry, which can't be faked. You can't fake that in person that you actually love something like this. And, so uh, they saw me in the coffee shop recording an interview, and the interview I did was on a substance called astaxanthin, which isn't the most exciting thing in the world, but it was really fun because the person I brought on knew everything about it and how it could help people and made it really exciting. And then I put it on my podcast, and I was like, oh, this, this isn't going to do as well as I, a normal podcast episode. It was one of my best episodes to date. <laughs> Which shocked me. So obviously there's people that want to learn more about this type of stuff, about these types of products. Definitely. So I put a little list of some stuff. You put all other stuff uh, in this document. 
for anybody listening, this is kind of an excellent step-by-step guide to how to set up an agency. And I would say the agency business, it's a difficult business if you don't like dealing with clients. But if you don't mind dealing with clients, like if you love your clients, which many agencies do and many successful ones, this is a great way to make a million dollars. And I'll tell you why. It's because it's profitable from the get-go. You don't take on a client unless it's a profitable client. So it's profitable immediately as opposed to many tech businesses. And companies that make profit are worth something. So if a company doesn't make a profit, maybe it's worth something, maybe it's not. It's speculative. So like before Amazon made a profit, the the theory was they're going to grow their revenue so high that even if they make a 3% margin, they'll be worth a trillion dollars because their revenues will be so high. So So people have to do some kind of math like that. But when a company's profitable and growing, that math is much easier. Oh, you make a million dollars a year you're pro- and you're growing, you're probably worth between 10 and $20 million. It's just straight math. If you want to build a $500 million business, you have to keep growing an agency business until you 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 make like, you know, 50 million in profits per year, roughly. But if our goal here is James, we're going to make James a million dollars as fast as possible and as easily as possible. This is the fastest way to do it, particularly with your experience, James, already in, in building these stores, you have an ongoing business already. So you don't want to ignore what you've already done. If someone calls, if I call you right now and say, hey, I want to create an Amazon seller store. I have like 50 things. Uh, um, it's all natural. H- how much do you charge me? So, um, for and you're already on Amazon. Yeah. So right now it's um, either $5,000 a month or 5% of sales, whichever is greater. Uh, I don't like the 5% of sales thing so much because unless you are able to get like documented proof of their sales and stuff on Amazon, and also maybe they don't really focus on Amazon or they don't care. And so you're kind of going to do a lot of work, but you're shortchanging yourself because they're not fulfilling their side of the relationship. And it's $5,000 a month. Does that seem just right for your customers? I haven't had anyone say, wow, that's expensive. Um, okay. Cause that's 60,000 a year. The the people I'm working with are generally doing uh 600,000 to a million in revenue on Amazon a year. It's sort of around that 5% mark of sales. Okay. Yeah. I would actually, if that's fine, if, if people aren't pushing back, that's fine. And of course, if they're, if they're selling a hundred million dollars worth on Amazon, you should probably charge much more, but okay. 5,000 a month. That's fine. Basically, the way that works is it allows me to work with smaller companies, but then as that company grows or I take on a larger company, it's going to be the 5% of net because it, it that number kind of keeps creeping up, whichever is greater. That, But sure. then I found that it was hard when smaller people wanted to work with me that they the 5% seemed like a lot at first. So that's great. So let's say you get 10 clients. And, and by the way, important for, for everybody to know who's listening to this, the agency business has huge margins because it's your work effort. Like, and then all the people you're going to outsource to are going to be relatively cheap. Like if someone is devoted to one store, it's going to cost, like you have an employee who's devoted to one store and and you outsource, you know, to a a cheaper country, you're probably spending a thousand dollars to maintain a store that you're making $5,000 on. So, you know, what's $4,000 in gross margin. Uh, per month. So that's, agencies are very profitable businesses, particularly if you can outsource some of the cheaper stuff. 
Well, and there was a there was a customer I started working with in January of 2020 that had about 60 SKUs on Amazon, and they were doing about $25,000 a month in revenue. One year later, after working with me, they were doing $125,000 a month on Amazon. Is that in your testimonials? No, I, 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 I didn't put that in there. As silly All right, that is. seems like a pretty good one. Because um, so I picture myself, oh, I'm only doing X. He's telling me I could do a hundred five times that. That's amazing. And so, what, so for for that client, it was three thousand a month and three and a half percent of sales. It was actually both. And so, obviously, you go from twenty thousand dollars a month to over a hundred thousand dollars a month. Okay, this seems like a bargain. I just I just made my business grow by five times. That's great. So, let's say on average you have fifty percent margin. Okay, I'm just making that up. If you get ten clients, that's three hundred thousand in earnings per year. Now, let's say you pay yourself a salary of 100000 So that's 200000 in earnings per year. Okay, now normally that would all go to you. So really your salary is much higher. But let's say you're, you're ballparking what a salary would be because a buyer would do that. So you make 200000 in earnings a year. Okay, that easily is sellable for $1 million and then throw on just five times earnings. By the way, which you could get $2 million if you just double the next year. You get four million if you double the year after that, and that's it's not so hard to do in the early stages of a business. That's essentially how my agency built up was we just doubled or tripled every year because when you're beginning, it's easier to double. You know, then you have this software the, or or this proprietary data slash first impression score that throws in another value, and you should get you should get everybody using that. You should have like thousands of customers, and then I mean not customers but thousands of stores that are using that on a daily basis, even like, oh, is my first impression score even higher now? Like they could have a fun, they could, you could, they could gamify it where there, or you could gamify, you could put a leaderboard where of the people who score the highest, if, if they so allow them to be their name to be used that way. Yeah. And it could check, it could automatically check their listings. They could plug in all their listings and then it could check and then let them know if there was a first impression score changed for some reason, it would notify them. And so they could go in and take a look. Oh my God, they could subscribe to that where they want to see it for, for the for the pro license. They could subscribe to see when not only when their site changes, but any of their competitor site changes up to 20 competitors Yeah, or whatever. Point. Yeah, so they could and, see if my, this person wasn't doing anything on Amazon, but now their first impression score is meeting mine. That means they're going to be starting to take some of my market share. I have to do something. And, and let's just say 10,000 Amazon sellers are using this. Well, then when someone really needs help, who are they going to call the the nephew or they want to brag to their friends? Hey, I'm using the first, the guy, the, the, the agency behind the first impression score. That's my guy now. And they're going to, you know, they're going to brag at the conferences. Oh, you know, that first impression score, that guy's building my seller store. And everybody's like, no way. We tried to get him to, to build our store. He wouldn't take us. He thought our product smelled bad. So he didn't want to <laughs> use it. <laughs> so I think you're in, in great shape. I think you should flesh out, some of these things further, as we've described, and and you know, create a lot more urgency and a lot more excitement uh, about not only the company but the need for it now and the, the urgency and the and and why you, who are you? You're not just an agency. I don't know why you didn't mention the first impression score. And who are you? I would make a process. So your process is they either have a seller store already or they want to build a store. So your process will be a little different for each. But let's say they have a store already. You do the video, you have a conversation about the video, and then you either refer them to another 
company if 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 so needed, you know, and you say I'll check first with the company and then you call the company or you uh describe your services and what you can do for them and what you charge and and but they have to do at least 6 months maintenance or 12 months maintenance whatever you require. You know, I don't know, I'm just making this up, but I would just come up with the Craven process or the Craven Street process. Yeah, that's great. And that could go on that website on the main page too, couldn't it? Yeah. And I, like when I had an agency, I did not have a formal process, but I remember several of my competitors had formal processes and they even trademarked their process. Like, like one of my competitors was about the same size of me as my, my company, but he, he formalized his process. He actually got sold for a higher amount because they also quote unquote bought the process. Yeah. And he's like, he says, well, he, he said to the buyer, we're like Microsoft and they, I don't know why that was convincing to them, but they paid for the process because it was a proprietary trademark process. Yeah, that makes it, it, it seems like you could continue doing what you're doing if there's a process that's already written out and determined. Yeah. So uh, I love this. So let's let's talk in a few weeks uh, and see how you're doing with closing the different deals and, and doing you know what we talked about here. But I, I, thanks for coming on the show because I think this is great for people listening to understand a lot of the subtleties and nuances of building an agency business and then making money off of it. And then later, of course, we'll talk about how to sell it. Uh, there's a lot of subtleties to that, but I, this, is, this, is, this is great. Yeah, and what's uh, most interesting about this is if you ask yourself what it is you need to do to grow, it's probably the thing you're avoiding and you're afraid to write down. At least that's what I learned when we talked last was the things that we talked about that I was afraid to do or didn't want to do. That was what that actually needed to happen. So you know the answers maybe. Yeah. So this is great stuff though. I'm really happy and, and impressed. And let's, let's talk in a couple of weeks, James. And then, um, you know, let's try to uh, fit in a game of chess or two in the meantime. Yeah. Thanks, James. Thanks, Jay. This is great.